Hello, and welcome to the Aligned Birth Podcast. We are so glad you are here. I'm Dr. Shannon, a prenatal chiropractor. And I'm Rachel, a birth doula and childbirth educator, and we are the team behind the Aligned Birth Podcast. Between us, we have experienced a cesarean birth, a VBAC, hospital births, and a home birth. Our personal experiences led us to where we are today. We share a lot in common. We are friends from high school who reconnected through our work. We both changed career paths after the birth of our own children. We light up when talking about health and birth, and we are both moms to two young boys. This podcast was created to share conversations and interviews about topics from pregnancy and birth to motherhood and the importance of a healthy body and mind through it all. Our goal is to bring you fun, interesting, and helpful conversations that excite you and make you want to learn more. We believe that when you are aligned in body, mind, and your intuition, you can conquer anything. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, hello again. Uh, Welcome back to the Aligned Birth Podcast. Um, Dr. Shannon here today and uh, Dula Rachel is also joining. And so we have a fun conversation we're going to have today about your birth support team. Um, So when I say birth support team, what comes to mind for you, Rachel? Oh, one of my favorite topics. That's what comes to mind. This is like where I like to start the conversation um, with my expecting mamas and families. Um, it's it takes a village. So yep. and and I think when when I say it takes a village and building this birth support team, it's just that there are so many more people outside of the doctor or the person who delivers the baby that can help you along your journey, and that with each exposure to a, a new provider who can help you where you're at, you're learning something and um, working towards a safe and healthy birth. And I believe just with each new person along the way, you are um, just growing in knowledge and growing in support. And really, it takes so much support along this process. So yeah, a lot of things come to mind, but that's the gist Yay, of it. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way too. Um, because, and I think a lot for me is that um, when I look back on my births, is I wish that my birth support team, I had paid more attention to it. And so that's why this is so near and dear to me in that um, I wish I had invited more people in to that space and to help me with all of my birth things going on, you know, all the questions that I had. And so that's why too, I love to talk about building that birth support team and finding, I mean, that support, that's that key Keyword. So um, I know for me and my thought process on birth support team, and when, you know, if someone says, a friend of yours says, oh, I'm pregnant, it's one of the first things that typically gets asked or is mentioned is, oh, oh, where are you going to give birth? You know, people want to know, oh, typically, what hospital are you going to birth at? You know, who's your OB? Um, and so that to me is that first um, part of building that birth support team. Now there's layers to it, right? Too. So um, we've got the OB, you've got the practice that you could be with, but uh, we know now too that there are lots of other options for birthing. And I know we both have two different, well, four different births, you know, mm-hmm. between between mm-hmm. us with our four kiddos. So um, I know the practice I was with, it was really, there was an OB option, but then I also birthed with midwives within a hospital. I know you had um, a different birth experience. Correct. Yeah. My first was a midwife with, at a hospital, but then my second was a midwife at home. So right. lots of different options. And I think one of the main things to share here, and in, in as we're talking about choice of care provider, that it's in conjunction that that determines your birth location, right? So you can, mm-hmm. um, it's important to consider like where you want to give birth and who you want to give birth with, because it is the number one influence over your birth outcomes. So I think the the magnitude of that decision is not to be taken lightly. And I think a lot of uh, people, at least in my experience, you know, they've had their OBGYN, right? Maybe they're gynecologist since they were 16 or they've had this long relationship, you know, and they feel very connected to that person. So they just are like, yep, that's who's going to deliver my baby. And they don't really 
explore other options. And that might be great for some people, but it also might lead to some disappointment because you're like, well, that's not what I expected because they didn't go through the exploration process. And I'm like, if you go through the exploration process of all your options and you still land at your current provider, awesome. But at least you took the time to explore the available options because there's more than just one. And I think a lot of people give birth with obstetricians, OBs. I think the rate is over 90%, like 95% of people birth with obstetricians and in a hospital setting. And, you know, obstetricians are great and can really help have safe births when they're needed. But obstetricians are specialists. They're trained in surgery and pathology and in finding and fixing problems. So, there's a there's a, a place and a time, I think, for obstetricians, but I don't necessarily think that they should be delivering all of our babies. It's not the one thing. And I think when you said, too, it's exploring the options. The big thing with that is asking questions. You've got to ask that provider. So, yeah, if you've had you're going to your gynecologist that you've had for forever and they're going to deliver your baby. Well, like there are certain questions that you should probably ask to get that information to actually explore what would it be like to give birth with this person, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and really asking those questions to explore those options that you have. Yes, 100%. And I think we both share and um, we have future plans of going um, further with that conversation to share what those questions are. And we both have resources too, where you know, good good questions to ask. But that's just a good place to start are like, I don't even know what to ask. Yeah. So, well, and there's a lot of assumption. And I like yeah. to say, I like to share that, that with um, just simply stating different models of care can be a good place to just start the knowledge. Cause some people are like, don't even know, or they have a vision or an, or, or a perception about what midwives do or are. And I like to sort of dispel some of the misnomers around, you know, uh, midwives. Some people think they're not as trained or that they only do home births or, you know, that there's all these ideas. And I'm here to say that they, you know, mid, mid, midwives have been delivering babies far longer than oh, obstetricians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that when they have a, a shared mutual relationship, that's when birth outcomes improve. When we have obstetricians practicing within their scope and midwives doing the work mm-hmm. that they've been doing forever and then working collaboratively, then we're talking about a harmonious, you know, improved maternal overall care. And maybe that's, a you know, bookmark that for another topic. But, oh, yeah. Um, the midwifery model of care is really based more holistically. It's more individualized they tend to practice more like with less interventions because they're handling most of the time, healthy, low risk pregnancies. Um, You know, they are highly trained in the normal physiological birth process. So they've witnessed a lot of birth that happens kind of without intervention and without complication and just that normal flow. And so they are real good at supporting that. They look at the whole body typically and your whole individual experience and sort of take it all into consideration as you're making decisions. So I think that's a really beautiful way to be cared for during um, pregnancy and birth. And then the medical model of care is typically practiced by obstetricians. This is a more specialized um, line of medicine that is, like I said, um, they tend to be more on pathology. So they're finding and fixing problems, more intervention heavy, like managing it's managing. Labor. That's the key More thing. Managed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just how they've been trained. And some obstetricians go through school and never witness like an unmedicated like birth. And that's yeah. just fascinating to me. And that's who's delivering most of our babies. But, and I don't want to ever be misunderstood that they serve a very important role that, that they can help bring babies into this world when it's needed via a cesarean or, you know, if you have a higher risk, um, pregnancy, right? They can be there Mm -hmm. to help ensure all things are uh, safe and healthy with mom and baby. So both are important um, and both should be considered. And I like to say, like, when you're thinking about where you want to give birth and who you want to give birth with, how do you want to feel? And you said that when we started, like, Mm -hmm. how do you want to feel when you give birth? And I don't think a lot of people really sit with that for a second and then work backwards (laughs) and say, okay, 
what setting is that like? Yes. Yeah. How do I <laughs> create that feeling? Yeah. Who is going to, you know, su- provide that support to give you that feeling? And that that's definitely true. And like I was with the practice that delivers at a hospital, but they have OBGYNs and midwives as well that birth mm-hmm. there. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I used that model too. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's those options out there and mm-hmm. within um, a hospital, right. And really mm-hmm. just um, kind of finding what aligns with you and how you want mm-hmm. to feel with that birth plan. But I do think that that to me comes up as far as, okay, big part of that birth support team. Yeah. Big part. Big Number place. One big, is that. Start yeah. there. <laughs> yes, start yes, there. Start there. <laughs> yeah. And understand that we, I think we're both in agreement that baseline is a healthy mom, healthy baby. And I think when I pose the question to someone who's expecting maybe their first baby and I ask, how do you want to feel? They might automatically say, well, I want a, I want a healthy baby, mm-hmm. no matter what it takes. And then a lot of people feel like in a hospital setting managed by a specialist that that's, that's going to equate to a healthy mom and healthy baby. And I just like to say, of course, you want a healthy mom and healthy baby. Like that's the baseline, Mm -hmm. but we can build on that and you can have a healthy mom, healthy baby and feel happy and satisfied with your experience when you sort of consider the full picture. So exactly. No, I love it. I love it. Um, Now, another part of what you could have on your birth support team Um, is another person that actually supports you throughout the pregnancy, but then also plays a role in the labor and birthing process. And that would be a doula. So um, let's go ahead and define what a doula is for us, Rachel. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, the technical definition is a support Mm -hmm. person during pregnancy, labor, birth, and the first little bit of time postpartum, um, who helps you and, you know, they provide informational support, uh, physical support, emotional support. Um, but really what a, a birth doula is, is someone who is on your team. They don't work for the hospital. They're mm-hmm. not married to you. They're not your in-law. They are just there for you. Your needs are their number one priority. Um, helping you kind of shift into an active participant. So we spend a lot of time Mm. during pregnancy. Um, We spend conversations really kind of peeling back the layers, um, helping you figure out exactly what you want to meet you where you're at. So personal preferences are always considered um, gaining knowledge and, and education about the normal birth process finding ways to feel comfortable during labor and birth, um, considering your personal needs, wants, desires, your unique circumstances, like taking all this into consideration um, so that you can have a birth that you feel great about and that is safer and healthier um, when you, after your baby's here, that you're able to look back and be like, yeah, I did that and I feel great about that. And part of that too is learning about your rights giving birth, learning about the, like I said, the normal physiological birth process, um, really learning how to make shared decisions with your care provider. Um, You know, we're not in the space during labor and birth to speak for you. So we spend time teaching you how to speak for yourself, how to ask questions, Mm, Yep. how to advocate for yourself. Um, But as a birth worker, we are inherently birth advocates. Our goal is that birth is safer um, and healthier and happier for all birthing people. Um, And also um, part of that is um, learning. I lost my train of thought there for a second, but um, helping you create your birth plan. And I was going to ask you about birth plan because that's part of it as well too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And walking through that. And I think that's one of the biggest educational tools that I offer is like the birth planning process, because that sort of walks you through all the possible things that might arise and helps you decide, okay, yes, I want that. No, I don't. And helps you learn about the things that you don't know about um, and helps you sort of formulate that plan. And and I believe the process is way more valuable than the plan itself. And, um, and so you learn, okay, well, this is what I don't want. Hearing that, oh, I don't want this. And that helps you formulate that plan. And everything that you're saying (laughs) resonates with me because um, I'm like, oh, I wish wish I'd had you at (laughs) my birth because I did not have a doula. And so this is why I always talk to my moms about like, this is so important as someone to have there with you to help you navigate these things that maybe you don't know. 
Right. You know, especially and, if you're going to be in that OB setting, it's hard sometimes to get in touch with them, to ask them questions, for them to spend time with you. Sometimes it's not all the time, but that's just, and that was my experience with it. And so it's so important to have that extra support person there. Yeah. And they're there continuously. So that's one of the greatest mm-hmm. benefits. It's called the doula effect. And this is what creates such positive outcomes with uh, births that are supported with a doula there as well is that having that continuous support helps you um, reduces use of like narcotics or epidurals. It helps reduce the rate of cesarean. It helps reduce the rate of any kind of instrumental delivery. It helps improve overall like satisfaction with the birth, you know, having that continuous support, you know, the OB or even the midwife, the midwife might be in and out, but they really only come in as you're delivering the baby. And then your nurse is usually managing one, maybe two other patients at the same time. And they're in and out, like they're busy with paperwork and charting and other things. And so this uh, having a doula, they're there continuously. So, and we really can't predict exactly what will arise during birth, but having that person there to help you like feel supported navigating all of that, like you said, can just make you feel confident and assured that you like had someone on your team and that you understood like someone, you know, say the care provider walks in and is like, you know, we're ready to break your water. It's time to get things going. You know, I would never step in and say, no, you know, we wait for the care provider to leave. And then we sit and we talk and we say, okay, this is what they said. How do you this feel is the about risk. it? This is the benefit. Yeah. This is, yeah. Yeah, we walk through mm-hmm. it and then you come to your own decision uh, with your partner or yourself or whatever. And then the care provider comes back and you're like, this is what I want to do. And maybe you decide, yes, that's what you want. Maybe you decide, no, you'd like to wait if it's safe and there's no immediate need to break the water. Like, okay, so when you make those sort of patient informed decisions that are supported with your provider giving you information, your intuition, and seeing about like other options available. When you kind of take each decision point with that mindset, it just leads to a, the definition of an empowered birth, right? Like I don't make you have an empowered birth. You have an empowered birth, but it's through that process. And it helps to have that support of a birth doula along the way. And they take this extra pressure off of the your spouse or your partner who's also there, but they carry a whole different set of expectations and weight on their shoulders. So again, this doesn't replace the partner at all. This is a a tripod. (laughs) No. And I always say, yeah, like I had a patient recently and they were planning a home birth. And so the home birth midwives came over to the house to talk about like the pool setup and where they're going to do things and how this, and like, it got really real for the dad at that point, because this was mm-hmm. their first baby. Mm-hmm. And so that's when hearing all that, he was like, um, I do really think that we should have a doula. And so I'm always like, that is yes. Like I remember in my birth, I relied too much on my husband to be that birth support person. Yeah. I needed him there, but I do wish I had had someone there to support both of us, you know, because that's kind of, you know, that's how I see it as far as, and it helps that birth support person or your spouse there with you to help them to focus on you and that sort of thing instead of like, wait, what were those comfort measures we were supposed to do? Oh my gosh, what's going, you know, like. Yeah, I always say that it helps them be there for you in exactly the way they need to be there for you without yes. worrying about all the other things going on. And and yeah. I think a lot of people feel like, yes, my partner is super involved. He knows his stuff. Like he's hands-on, like he's going to be great. And I'm like, yes, like that's awesome. And so maybe you might decide that that you don't need or want that extra person there, then I say, you know, look into some extra support and DIY type doula and childbirth education stuff before the birth. So I think you can, you can take that approach too, but just knowing the benefits of having the physical in-person like continuous support is invaluable and, and indispensable. And my husband now says, I mean, he's had, he, we hired a doula for my first and he did it skeptically, skeptically. Mm -hmm. And was like, or hesitantly, and he, but yeah. he trusted me and he was like, I don't know about this. And now he's like, like doulas for all, like everyone, gets a doula, like, and you get a doula, you get a doula. Yeah. Get a doula. yeah. He's like, hands down. And, but it took him kind of walking through that experience. And a lot of people feel that way. A lot of doubt, a lot of hesitation, but, and you don't know until you've been through it and, 
and what's good for you and what's not. And everyone's needs are different. And if you don't feel like a doula is for you, that's okay. I just say, know that it's an option and, and explore it and see if, if you think that could benefit you. I know, right. Ask those questions. That's, mm-hmm. that's the, the key point there. Mm-hmm. And um, so in line with asking questions and having that support person there with you, there are people that you can have as far as your birth support team that aren't necessarily in the room with you during labor and birth, like in that active part of it. They can still support you, you know, throughout the pregnancy, before the pregnancy and beyond Mm -hmm. too. So um, obviously I'm going to uh, say that I do believe that a Webster certified chiropractor um, is an important part of a birth support team. Yes. I'm right (laughs) here. I'm just seconding that. Like, yay. I know. Right. Um, and so that's really looking at that pelvic and sacral alignment, that brain body connection, body brain connection, that nervous system function, making sure that everything's lined up and working properly as best as it can be. And that's kind of, you know, my approach to care with, my moms and my patients, everybody comes in. They're also, everybody's different. So it's really looking at the mom then. And it really is that care for mom. And Webster is that specific pelvic and sacral chiropractic analysis and technique, really looking at that biochemical, biophysiological aspect of the nervous system and making sure that we do have that proper alignment. And so um, I know I could speak my own testimony too, as far as having one pregnancy not being adjusted and then my second pregnancy being adjusted and what a night and day difference mm-hmm. it was. And mm-hmm. so I, I see that, you know, in the moms that I work with too, which is always fun. <laughs> and I think something to point out too, in regards to why a chiropractor is so important as part of the birth team. And I mean, I tell all my expecting Um, mamas and my students that chiropractic care is foundational and so important for having a healthy and safe pregnancy and birth. And I think it's important to recognize that I think a lot of people put a lot of weight into their care provider, into their doctor, even their midwife, but really they are looking at ensuring baby's good, ensuring like basic vitals are good, like no major things have arisen. They aren't really looking at the things that you're looking at. And I think that's Mm. what's super important for people to realize is that it's like to have integrative care, like you've got to look at the whole body and consider all the different things. And a doctor, that's not their skill set. That's not their training. And so seeking care to say, okay, they're helping me with this thing. I've got my doula helping me with this thing. And then my Mm -hmm. chiropractor is going to ensure that full body integration and alignment and all the things that you can't really even feel and you may not even see, like there's so much going on and it's not even, doesn't even present as a, as a discomfort sometimes. Right. I was going to say, I work with moms who come in, they're like, oh, I just want, I just want this as part of my birth support team. I feel great during my pregnancy. I just want to make sure that I maintain this, you know? And then, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, of course I work with the women that do have round ligament pain Mm -hmm. or sciatica. Those are the main things that, you know, come in some of that low back tension and that sort of thing. But yeah, you don't, I mean, always, you don't have to be in pain to see a chiropractor to also experience the benefits from being under care. Yeah, absolutely. I have my, I have my personal experience too, that I will share is that I didn't see, see chiropractic care until I was like 37 or 38 weeks pregnant with my first. And I was only doing that because I, for like, my doula was like, you know, to get things going or to try and help with getting labor started and ensure everything's in alignment, you should probably go see a chiropractor. And I was like, gosh, I haven't even thought about that. And that just that exposure to a chiropractor who is so similar to you, as far as like really caring about the pregnant body and making sure I was well taken care of and that my needs are being met. And as well as that my body was in alignment and um, I didn't stop seeing a chiropractor. We, I still see a chiropractor, right? So I saw him through my entire second pregnancy. And so the difference between my first and second having chiropractic care the entire time was night and day. And mm-hmm. my birth with my second was like lightning fast compared to my first. And I would like to say that that has to do with chiropractic care because I oh, had yeah. the entire pregnancy. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, I think um, going to see a chiropractor also helps you have this other connection within the community, this other resource who has like you offer so much to your clients as far as like resources and tips for having a healthy pregnancy, for leading a healthy lifestyle. And then that carries over into the postpartum. And then, then as they're raising their newborn and their family, like it doesn't end. And sometimes right. mamas see you before they see their OB at their six week appointment. Sometimes you're their first, the first person, the first care provider that they encounter after the birth. And that kind of support is invaluable and so needed. So just recognizing that like seeing someone who cares so much about your unique needs and individual situation more than I think some other care providers on your team, like it's so important to have that type of exposure. Yeah. It's that other kind of touch point of someone checking in on you and it just in a different arena, you know, a different aspect, a different way, instead of just like, okay, we're, we've worked on this birth plan here, that sort of thing. Okay. We're working on pelvis and sacral alignment here. Here's some stretches you can do. Here's some exercises you can do. Let's make sure baby position is good. Like those type of things, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's just another one of those touch points. And, you know, there's been some research too. I know you mentioned this with a doula as far as you know, better birth outcomes, less interventions, medical um, pain meds and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, there is research done too with chiropractic as far as decreased labor times in mm -hmm. first time versus second time moms. And mm -hmm. then also decreased use in, you know, needing those pain medications um, during the birth process, you know, when things are lined up and, you know, you and I both experienced those the chiropractic care, you know, not so much with one pregnancy and then a lot with the other. And so I know that there are, yes, the second pregnancy, typically that birth time is not as long and that sort of thing. But when I, I mean, I had a 21 hour difference. So that was, that was huge, Yeah, you know, compared yeah. to, oh, well, this is just because it was your second baby. Well, there's some other, you know, there were other factors there. Mm -hmm. It was also that those adjustments there too. So, mm -hmm. um, I know you, I know you agree with that statement. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can't say it enough. I mean, if I have, if I'm talking to a pregnant mom and whether they're my client or not, and they're like not feeling great or just in general, I'm like, drink your water and go see the chiropractor. Like, <laughs> I love that. These are yeah. the two things that if you're doing this throughout the course of your pregnancy, you're going to have a better chance at having a, a, a smooth, uncomplicated. <laughs> and exactly. I know that's oversimplifying it, but it really is so important. And, and I think, um, you know, exploring um, chiropractors in your area. And if you live in the Atlanta area, check out Shannon and, and oh. her office is just a <laughs> haven you. for expecting mamas and families. And again, it's like night and day to a doctor's office, right? There's no yeah. paper on the table and there's no fluorescent. I do try to do You know, that. the lighting is good. You got essential oils <laughs> going. It's like cozy. You know, you don't have to take off your clothes. It's just like, it's Yeah, you're wonderful. not peeing in a cup. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It is nice. It is nice. Um, now, another aspect to our... And talking about our birth support team, um, it's there's like a component of education, you know, and like that birth education. And this topic too, I think can overwhelm people because sometimes there are so many, you know, childbirth education classes and what are you going to take and how are you going to give birth and the pain mechanism, coping mechanisms and all of that um, can be overwhelming. But again, breaking it down, keeping it simple, looking through things and looking at that education piece, I think is a huge part of that birth support team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll speak from my personal experience first from when I was pregnant with my, my first son is again, it was recommended by my doula to, to check out an out of hospital childbirth education class. And we signed up for one. It was like a six week deal and we met every Sunday and there was a few other couples in it and it, it opened my eyes so much because they walked through the whole like normal process of pregnancy, growing a baby, labor starting during labor, post-birth, newborn care. And I was like, I had no idea. Like, oh yeah. These, this is not covered. 99% of this is not covered at your doctor's visits or your, even if it's with a midwife and the doula definitely can 
give some of that information, but it's more reinforced when you have this foundation of actual knowledge that you gain from an education, like a childbirth education class. The doula is there to just, that just maximizes the benefits of having a doula because when they're talking about stuff and, and helping you, it makes sense because you've learned about it. Um, but I think the the greatest benefit, and this is now I'm a childbirth educator and and this is why I teach childbirth education is because when you have a chance to learn and build a solid foundation of education and knowledge about the normal physiological process of birth, it helps you navigate if and when like issues or variations of normal arise. Um, because birth is not linear. It's not yeah. an A to Z type of point. And that's not what uh, doulas or childbirth educators educators are trying to do. They're not saying, oh, this is simple. They're, they're saying it's not simple. And because of that, it's best to learn about the windy road from pregnancy to delivering your baby and that it, it can have some bumps and some hurdles along the way. But when you know, you have a basic knowledge of what's happening within your body, variations of normal, what X, Y, and Z are and how they work and how they function and and all of that, then when things come up, you're like, okay, I'm aware of that. It's not that you're hearing about things in labor all of a sudden, and you're like, I had no idea that was a thing. Because when you get into labor and birth and things are happening that you've never even heard about, you, it's going to feel more overwhelming and stressful. And um, then that just sort of cascades. Oh, I mean, yeah. So everything you just said was like me. I only took the hospital eight hour. Um, childbirth education class. I think I then took, I think we took like a little, a newborn um, class to, you know, tell you, you know, how to figure out the diapers and all mm -hmm. of that, you know, all of those things <laughs> for the first time. That's, that's all I took. And there, what comes to mind when I say that is, you know, how we give birth is important, mm -hmm. but how we feel mm -hmm. about how we give birth is so important too. Mm -hmm. And I ended up with that emergency C-section. I didn't even know, I didn't even look at or research or know what was going to happen with a C-section too. Like I didn't know any of that. I didn't know the interventions that were going on. I was just kind of like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Yeah. And I do think that more of an intensive look at that normal physiological process of birth outside of, you know, the book, what to expect when you're expecting, yeah. like there's more to so much more. childbirth education than that. And there's more to it than the hospital course, not saying that the hospital course is bad, but just immerse yourself in mm -hmm. things because there's so many layers to it and that education can really help you make those informed decisions and then you can feel that empowerment in like, okay, I know this, I've looked at this and give you that flexibility and that ability to adapt if and when changes and things arise. Exactly. I mean, yeah. And I we, love that you teach the courses. I love that you teach. Yeah. And my, my overall approach is very similar to that. It's that we're going to learn about the normal physiological process. You're, you're going to get the, like the, the textbook information, but then we're going to talk about making shared. You're going to learn how to make shared and informed decisions, meaning you are asking questions using a specific, like it's called the brain acronym and it's benefits, risks, alternatives, intuition, and nothing. And you're going to use that with each little thing that arises and you're going to ask the questions, you're going to gather the information. So that's called shared and informed decision-making. So you're gathering the information and your care provider's responsibility is to give you just the information, not their opinion. And then you mm. check in with yourself and you've, you've practiced this, you learn this during pregnancy of how to do this. So you're prepared, you gather the information, you check in with yourself, consider your personal needs, wants, desires, and then you make a decision and then wash and repeat. So my thing is like, you may not know all the things, but if you have this set of tools and you've practiced it during pregnancy, then when you get into birth, you can navigate whatever arises and then you stay more in control and more on top of things versus letting things take you over or you know being like snowballed down into this thing that you're like I feel totally out of control and I hear right. that all too often that that women who gave birth in a hospital where they they didn't feel prepared or they you know things went sideways that it was just this huge cascade of events that overtook them and I'm not saying that can't happen that's not a right. completely foolproof situation, but it's less likely to happen with some of these steps. And it's not about knowing all things. It's not no, about, and it's not about being in control. 
Yeah, that yeah. whole time. Because birth is a process that it, you are inherently not in control. For sure. Con- you can't control the contractions, you know. Correct. But yeah. it's it's finding that sweet spot of having that knowledge to help you stay in that flow, you know, and not kind of approach it with, I think fear can definitely is one of the biggest things that can really mess up that process, you know, and give you that like, oh gosh, I'm out of control. I'm out of control. This is happy. This, I don't know what's happening now type of thing. So, and knowledge um, and support mm -hmm. and flexibility is when you have that, when things start to feel out of control, you can, you can kind of get back into a perception of feeling in control. And I'm with you. You can't be, you're not fully in control, but you can be, have a sense of empowerment, meaning Mm -hmm. whatever arises, I'm prepared or, or you see yourself. And I think part of this is that we work on during childbirth education through the time we're together is shifting into seeing yourself as the decision maker, as autonomous, meaning you have rights and autonomy over your body. I mean, all too often I'm, I'm in my childbirth class talking about, you know, pushing positions and, and people will raise their hand and be like, but what if the doctor makes me push on, says I have to get in the bed and push on my back. I'm like, your baby, your body, your birth, like you have rights and right. you know, you can advocate for yourself. So helping them shift out of like seeing the provider as the person in charge and seeing themselves as the ones in charge and that you can work together to make decisions that are best for you. And so it's a big process and it's a, it's a combination of that foundation of knowledge, having a good supportive, respectful birth team, considering your personal needs, wants, desires, your unique circumstances and and situation, because everyone is different. Right. And then having this like firm and flexible, firm and flexible, those can can both exist and Mm -hmm. put all that together. And I think you are set up to have the best birth available to you. And I'm not saying it's perfect. It's not, this doesn't equal a a perfectly euphoric birth, but I do feel like it can help you feel good about your experience kind of no matter how it unfolds, because along the way you did what you like, you made the next best choice with support and respect. And, and I think that's all that together is a super valuable component to childbirth preparation. Totally. And a lot of those childbirth education classes, I know in yours, you go over some of the extra things too, but it is, I think, good to have, okay, talk a little bit about the newborn care, you know, and mm-hmm. like just have a little bit of basis there too, because, you know, Lord knows you don't want to like have your baby first time and you're like, ah, no, what's going on? What's normal? What's not normal? Like all those yes. like immediate, you know, birth related things. What is APGAR? What are they looking for? Like all of those little mini things going on at the beginning, but then beyond even- the Yeah, just and just like that immediately beyond the birth and little care tips and stuff, but then also looking into that breastfeeding education. You know, I know I took a course before I had my first and that. I, I don't know. I remember that too. I was like, oh, I can do this position and hold the baby in nurse and I can mm-hmm. hold in this position. And I know that the latch is supposed to sound like this and this. And I like, I remembered these things and knew it. And I felt so empowered and I had such a good breastfeeding experience. I think that played a real big part in that was that beforehand education instead of like, ah, baby's here. What's going on? I don't know. I need help. Like, and I know, you know, nursing is, can be difficult, you know, in itself, but that beforehand education linked with, you know, the childbirth education mm-hmm. and the newborn and breastfeeding, I think is also important part of that education unit for the birth support team. Oh my gosh. It is monumental, the event. I mean, it's crazy because it happens to so many people and all the time every day as far as giving birth, but it's monumental. It is transformational and it deserves time and effort and energy spent on learning what is normal and how to prepare so that you at least have some general ideas. Again, but taking a breastfeeding class, I recommend it to everyone. And it's because it's like, once you get to the other side and you're getting ready to breastfeed your baby, while it is natural and normal, there's still a learning curve. You're learning, your baby's (laughs) learning. And just hearing some simple terms and positions to have in your back pocket to try and and maybe warning signs to look for or comfort things to try as your milk's coming in, those little things will incrementally make your birth 
like your or your breastfeeding journey a little bit easier. And if we can have that be a little bit easier for for mamas and and less overwhelming, less stressful, less scary, less alone. Because when I took my breastfeeding class, I was in touch with that person through my postpartum. Like they were available to me as far as like quick question and answer support. Um, and so I think having again that other touch point in your pregnancy of someone who can be there for you. And the postpartum as you're navigating that breastfeeding journey is invaluable. And so, yeah, I highly recommend taking up out of like hospital, out of even your childbirth education, um, like a separate, like a standalone. And I touch on child, yeah. um, I touch on breastfeeding. I call it like breastfeeding 101, kind of getting started. I definitely touch on that um, so that if they don't get a, a separate class that they at least have a, a, a little introduction to it. Um, and I even go into, I do like an extra bonus on like birth to six weeks where I cover newborn care, newborn sleeping, soothing, right. like stuff like that. Because, you know, again, if they don't get that separate newborn care class, which again, I recommend because I don't think you can learn too much. I don't think you exactly. can have too much. Um, yes about these things. So I do believe independent newborn care classes, independent breastfeeding classes, and obviously childbirth education, and it might feel like a lot. So if you're hearing us talk, and we're championing all these things and all these people, you might be feeling like overwhelmed by how do I know where to begin? Or how do I know who I should hire? Or you might think, uh, that's a lot of money, you know, everything we're talking about costs money. So you might be worried about that. And I say, just, just start with what you got and just like make the next best choice and step. And, and if it, if it's important to you and it matters, you'll find a way. Exactly. And I was going to say that too. I know it can sound overwhelming. Like it's, and we're not even done. We still have more people that you can have on your birth support team. But I think it's worth noting. I've worked with moms that, you know, have had no one else. It's just been the OB and me. I've worked with moms that have had everybody on this list. I've worked with, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's no one size fits all birth support team, but I think it's important to just say, okay, this is an option. At least ask a question and research it just a little bit more so that you say, okay, yes, that aligns with me. No, it doesn't. I don't need that part of it right now. You know, and I think knowing that the options are there. And I think that's what you and I care a lot about. It's not that everyone goes and hires all these people. It's that they know that it's out there and that it can help them um, along their journey, right? Based on their needs or wants, but that the ones we've spoken about here, we feel like are really foundational. And if you can prioritize these, that it'll really make a big difference in your overall experience, but do with what you can with where you're got, where you're at. And everyone's team looks different, like you said, and everyone's needs are different. Um, and so, yeah, this is not like a one size fits all. I couldn't agree more with, with how you, how you wrapped all that up. Yeah. And so in line with, Talking about that education, um, you know, sometimes there is needed an extra support that can come from a lactation consultant. And so that's just even more specified information from someone who is trained um, in helping mom and baby have a successful nursing journey. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's two, there's, there's two people involved here. So, you know, because yeah. it's not just... It's not, it's more than just milk supply. It's also looking at latch and there may be tongue tie and lip tie issues. And I mean, there's so many other things. And so having lactation um, consultants available and even just knowing that that is out there and can be so beneficial to um, moms, even outside of that education course. So yes, you can take, you know, that nursing course, but then know, okay, there's even more support there if I should need it. Um come the time you're actually starting to nurse. Yeah. And I, and I encourage people to do the research and exploration of lactation consultants in your area while you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, Because best case scenario, you have an easy peasy, smooth, no problem breastfeeding journey, and you don't need that person. But let's say it's not that, and you need some extra support. You've done the legwork And I think that kind of falls in with all the people we're about to talk about who can help you is like, do some of that legwork during pregnancy, spend that time and effort and energy so that when the time comes and you recognize you might need that extra support, you've already maybe had a conversation with them, you know, their phone number, you know, that they offer virtual support, or you have to go to their office, you know, how much it might cost, like all that's done so that when you're postpartum, exhausted, stressed, your boobs hurt, your baby's crying, that you're not like, 
who do I call? You have walked through those steps already and you're like, oh, I've got this person ready to go and maybe you don't need them. But if you do, it's a lot easier to get started with them. Exactly. So much easier when you already have that like post-it note (laughs) of all of your information already. Yeah. Um, And, you know, birth is, I don't like to say that birth is traumatic because it is not traumatic for everyone. But it is a stressful and strainful process. And so it can be, there's just a lot going on mm-hmm. <laughs> in that pelvic floor area. And so there are, I don't even think I knew about this when I was pregnant, but there are um, physical therapists who are trained specifically in working with the pelvic floor. And then there's trained specifically in working with men in their pelvic floor and women in their pelvic floor. Right. And so knowing how much stress and strain occurs in that pelvic floor area for mom. Um, A physical therapist that specialized in working with women's health and women's pelvic floor can really make a big difference, not only during pregnancy to check in and make sure things are fine, but, you know, a lot of times in that postpartum time period, I mean, you know, you hear a lot about years down postpartum time period of, you know, incontinence or those type of things, prolapse. And so it's really looking at that proactive aspect of women's health, pelvic floor, and what they can do to support you during your pregnancy and having that resource for later if you should need it. Kind of the same thing you said, have that person, their information written down so that you have it readily available. It's like, hey, is this normal or not? Yeah. And I think speaking with a pelvic floor therapist before the birth is super valuable because there's so much you can do right after birth to help facilitate um, like restorative, like um, recovery of your pelvic floor. And like, for me, I didn't know or think about anything until I was like six weeks postpartum. And what I've learned now is that there's simple things you can do to care for your body in a way that helps the pelvic floor recover and restore so that you don't have those downline years later incontinence or pain or discomfort. And so, um, and so I say during pregnancy, you can kind of learn that, get that tool bag ready to go so that after the birth, you are prepared. And then if you have further issue, then you know who you're going to be reaching out to. And I think, unfortunately, um, pelvic floor um, issues and complications are not talked about. Like, it's not anywhere in the postpartum follow-up with your OB or even maybe your midwife. Like, it's just not standard care to say, like, have you assessed your pelvic floor to see how you're doing, like to see where you're at, or these are the things you can do right away. These are the things you can do at six weeks. The reality is your pelvic floor goes through a lot. And whether you have a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth, your pelvic floor has still been strained and not worked. It's been worked in ways that it has never been worked before and how things go back vary from person to person. And I just want to normalize the struggles of the pelvic floor, the weakness, the incontinence, the pain and say, no shame, just get help and you can feel better sooner, like faster and better. And that pelvic floor therapists are very important part of your birth team um, in a proactive way and in a like if you need them way. Right. No, I, yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And I too didn't know of their value when I was pregnant and going through those things because, you know, some of them even work on that return to fitness and return to exercise aspect. I'm like, well, that would have been good to <laughs> have all of that assessed um, for me. Cause it, you were right. The, when you're going for that six week checkup, your provider um, whoever that may be is um, they're not specifically looking at some of those things that the mm-hmm. pelvic floor therapist has the training on. So, mm-hmm. and they'll and, say a lot that, Oh, it's normal. Oh, it's normal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like leaking is not normal. No. And it no, does no. not have to be a consequence you live with for the rest of your life. Right. Nope. And I think, yeah, I think it's so beneficial for, during pregnancy and um, that postpartum and beyond. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also speaking of that return to exercise, but there are, you know, there are things you can do. You can still exercise while you're pregnant. Like, let's just go ahead and say that. I used Uh, to get the worst looks at the gym when I would be lifting weights and pregnant. And now I'm like, well, I'm, I'm happy now that it seems to be a little bit more normalized. Yeah. Um, But 
you know, it's not necessarily that you need to pick up new sports and activities right. while you're, oh, I'm right. pregnant now. I'm going to start running. And no, no that's not probably that. not it. But if you've maintained a level of fitness, you know, throughout life, then yes, maybe some modifications, but there's no reason why you can't still exercise. But so For there sure. are, you know, that's another aspect of looking at that birth support team is those people that maybe can help you with exercise. This could mm -hmm. even be prenatal yoga because there's, mm -hmm. you know, specific yoga instructors with that. Mm -hmm. This is even looking at um, birth fit is another wonderful option. It's really, mm -hmm. it looks at, you know, chiropractic and adds in that nutritional aspect, which is also in this too, as far as supporting yourself nutritionally and exercise wise. Right. Um, but that's an important part of that healthy pregnancy too, is maintaining that level of fitness and being able to move and exercise um, mm -hmm. and knowing how to if uh, you know how to move and things to do exercises specific to pregnancy is I think important especially if you weren't so I think something to speak to that is if you weren't super active before it is not too late to start moving your body I mean the recommendation right. is is if you were if you were more sedentary uh, sedentary in your pre-pregnancy, that doesn't mean you can't start exercising. It is highly recommended 30 minutes a day of some kind of movement. So maybe it's walking, maybe it's um, gentle yoga or stretching, right? If you weren't like doing something hardcore before, it's okay to still pick an activity and do it because that's better than not, than not doing anything. Than I know. not doing it. So for that type of person too, I think having some sort of prenatal, finding that fit baby or uh, some sort of prenatal specific exercise program is, or a person, a coach. So there's a lot of, you know, independent prenatal fitness coaches out there too, who can help you. Yeah. That can get definitely give you. And I think a lot of that can help ease people too, because you hear of a lot of like, Oh, well maybe you shouldn't do this while pregnant with exercising and that type of thing. And it can, they can really help say, okay, you know, this is the research. This is what we've done. This is what we know as far as how to safely move your body um, during pregnancy but what you said is so key as far as um movement movement is so right so important so, right. so if you important do nothing at all like go for a, a little just go walk. For a walk yes go for a walk. and go don't for a walk. overthink it um and mm -hmm. i think a lot of the like you said the word you said shouldn't you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that instead of fearing about the things you shouldn't do just do a little bit of research i mean now i mean there's a lot of stuff even available online for um simple safe exercises so you don't have to overcomplicate it it doesn't have to be some sort of specific special program you can just do some gentle stuff to start out and then go from there and know that as you do more you can do more and build up that there's no you know if you're worried about doing it wrong just again start with walking and then find someone who can guide you through those safe exercises um and that for the most part our bodies our bodies can handle more than we think they can um and for anyone who was doing those like hardcore regiments before you can almost always continue them with a little bit of modification so even crossfit um running, you know, yeah. weightlifting, things like that can be continued. Again, you got to do what's good for you, be in touch with your care provider, assess your medical needs, all the things, all the disclaimers, but moral of the story, just move your body. <laughs> yeah. Move your body. And in line with that, feed your body good things. Cause yes. you know, there are also wonderful nutritional coaches out there too, because there are going to be certain things that you should could look at um, supplementing in your food and diet. I mean, of course, your OB and provider is going to talk about making sure you're on a prenatal, and there's so many choices with that. But it is really um, looking at that nutritional aspect too. It's not, and I will say this: you know, it's not eating for two. Like I know, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. that's old and outdated. I remember hearing yeah. that too, and I remember thinking that sometimes, like I'm eating for two, I'm going to eat that. But it, it just kind of gives you a, a little <laughs> excuse to indulge. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but there are healthy ways to incorporate foods and meals and supplements and that sort of thing to benefit not only you but baby, since baby is getting all nutrition um, from you as well. So there are people out there to support in that journey too. And good nutrition can really reduce the rate of like pregnancy related illness and disease and complications. Um, you know, food is medicine, right? And I oh, yeah. fully believe that taking that seriously during this time um, can really help you have a healthier experience with fewer complications and fewer risks to you and baby. Um, I will say first trimester moms who 
really feel yucky and don't want to eat a lot, I hear you. I've been there and I ate, I ate carbs and cheese for the first 12 weeks. And that was what I had to do to survive. And that there's, it's okay, right? Give grace. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just, I say, when you start feeling better, when you're hitting a stride of not feeling as nauseous, then, then really, really start incorporating more veggies and lean proteins and healthy grains, all the things. Um, and if you need help with that, then there are people specific for, for helping you through that out there. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, you don't want to be hard on yourself too right, with, yeah. with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I went through the same thing too. I'm like, Oh, this, the thought of this, you know, makes me nauseous right now. And like, all I really want is everything that's bad for me. I don't know how many times I've heard that from moms. All I really want is <laughs> just a bunch of chocolate chip cookies. Well, what's but interesting. Ha- oh, yeah. sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say in the first trimester, you're burning your, the energy you're using to create like the duplication, multiplication of the cells inside your body for your baby, the rate is as higher than it is at any other point in the pregnancy. So carb, we tend to crave carbs during Mm -hmm. the first trimester, which are also easier to like on our tummies. Like if you're talking about breads or plain pastas, things like that. But that I always say your body needs that more during the first trimester than it needs it at other points. Of pregnancy. So understanding what's happening within your body. So you're not like, Oh God, all I want to eat is white bread. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's, you know, obviously we will always want to be aware of what we're eating, but it's okay. And it actually serves a purpose. Like our bodies actually know what it needs, um, mm-hmm. especially in that first trimester. And so you can have those people on your birth support team, you know, that nutrition aspect. So someone to go to, to be like, Oh my gosh, this is all I want. I'm in my head. I feel horrible that, you know, I'm not getting nutrition. Baby's not getting nutrition. Well, maybe they have a snack that you haven't thought of or some sort of recipe or something to give you to say, okay, this is good. This is where we're going to go from here. You know, this is what Mm -hmm. we can work with. This is something that you can do. So again, it's helping you kind of um, get out of that overwhelm and out of that headspace. And so... I think one of the last people that we have to mention and talk about, which might actually be one of the most important ones too, is really looking at um, mom's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's been a lot more I have seen shared lately and from the mental health aspects of things as far as releasing some of the stigma related to needing counseling or therapy or, you know, just suck it up and, you know, you're swallowing those thoughts and feelings. And it seems to be now more acceptable to talk about it, which is huge because there are so many layers in pregnancy um, that your mental health, it, it just can take a toll on your mental health. And so, and that's, that's preconceptive. You could have been dealing with infertility. You could have had anxiety or depression beforehand. Then you're trying to deal with it during pregnancy or it's something new or then even navigating the postpartum. I mean, there's so many, there's so many ways to talk about it and go with it, but it's something that needs to be discussed and addressed, I think. Yes. And I think during pregnancy, uh, whether you struggled with it before or not, fear and anxiety and all kinds of mixed emotions will arise. Um, whether you have a smooth, uncomplicated pregnancy or, or a, com- a more complicated one, it, it shifts for everyone in one degree or another. So having some support that is non-biased, that is you know professional, is incredibly valuable to ensuring that your mental health stays uh, where it needs to be so that you can thrive during this time Um, and having it assessed during pregnancy so that you can be prepared for the postpartum like and I believe that if if I correct me if I'm wrong but that if if you struggle like preconceptive with uh, mental disorders or anxiety disorders or anything like that, that that you have a greater chance of being exposed to them during during pregnancy and then even more so postpartum. So being proactive in yeah. your care is is incredibly important. And there are lots of wonderful uh, pregnancy counselors, perinatal therapists, um, and even antenatal, right? So after the birth, um, therapists or counselors who can help you navigate this, this very um, delicate and sometimes overwhelming and stressful and beautiful and 
glorious. Mm-hmm. I get this whole mix of things and oh, yeah. it's okay if it doesn't feel joyful and it's okay if it doesn't feel perfect or, or euphoric. Um, it's, it's deciding and it's having someone help you decide or figure out, okay, is this, is this just disappointment or is this deeper? Like, am I really struggling with some sort of imbalance or, um, you know, that's key. That's what I was going to say too. It's that really like reach out and ask a question. So, you know, okay, is this surface level Mm -hmm. or is this seeping deeper and taking a hold and we've really got some extra work to do? Yeah. And the sooner you can identify it and treat it, you'll have a shorter like recovery and it'll be less severe. So like being proactive. And I think that's an important conversation to have with partners and family. I always mention this in my last class, as far as like, talk about this with your partner, about expectations, about signs, about what is this, like what's baby blues and what's actual postpartum depression. Talk Mm -hmm. to your family about it because when you're in it, you're talking, I'm saying you, the birthing person and you're struggling, it's going to be a lot harder for you to say, Hey, I need help. So informing the people around you on this topic too, I think is a very important part of the mental health component. Definitely. Yes. You were going to say something. I was, I was, because I wanted, (laughs) I didn't know if we were done with the counselor because I wanted to add the, another person for your birth support team is the postpartum doula. Yeah. You read my mind. I was looking over. Wait, there's someone else. Yeah. Because I know we talked about a doula earlier, but Mm -hmm. there's like layers to a doula. I feel like, because I mean, there's lots of different, you know, trainings that doulas can take too. So there's lots of, you know, different um, techniques, I guess, used in some of the doula work. But one of those aspects and one of those specialties that some doulas have is that postpartum care, yep. which holy moly, that's yeah, huge. It's huge. Like a C-section, you know, and like yeah. husband's got to go back to work or spouse has to go back to work and like no family around and stuff. Like you are not alone, my friend. So yeah. a postpartum <laughs> doula just takes all some of these things that we've talked about that occur in the postpartum and helps you identify them, helps you navigate it, helps you feel supported. I mean, they can help with breastfeeding, newborn care, soothing your newborn, um, uh, Brett, I said breastfeeding, you know, postpartum depression, folding laundry, running laundry, doing chores, getting food in, you know, getting a meal train going, um, mm-hmm. keeping visitors that you don't want away. I mean, they can come for one hour a day. They can come for 12 hours a day. They can come overnight. They can be on call, it, whatever you want, right? Like, so postpartum doulas, the ones I know kind of work in this like flexible type of based on the need. Right. Right. Um, but having that extra, you know, so some of the things we've said, you, you're like, well, how do I even know if I need that? I mean, just bring in a postpartum doula and they can help you navigate and identify things and then seek like the right person who can maybe help you if you need it, if they're unable to, to, you know, address the need or, or help. Um, but in those first few weeks after the baby's born, or sometimes even like you said, they don't even come in until the husband goes back to work or the partner goes back to work. Like maybe you don't need the postpartum doula for the first two weeks, but they come in when the partner or the mother-in-law leaves or yeah, everybody's gone and you're sitting there. Yeah. And you're like, ah, That's sometimes <laughs> when you need the most help. It's not right away. Yeah. Even it's when, yeah. you know, I mean, I would have loved to have had a postpartum doula when my husband went back to work. I was a mess. Oh yeah. Same here. Um, and Same it was here. like, Far too quickly. And we're in, I mean, if you're like, yep. you know, in the US and America, I mean, and your uh, oh, partner yeah. maternity leave is, uh, or paternity leave is like a whole nother conversation. But um, yeah, postpartum <laughs> yes. doulas are multifaceted and multilayered. I say, look around, do some research, figure out if you have like, if you're like, I really just need help with chores and I don't want help feeding my baby. Okay. Postpartum doula. If you really know you want help with breastfeeding and, and soothing your baby and taking care of your baby in the middle of the night okay, postpartum doula, like they are very, it's the needs are are wide or like the, the needs they meet are very wide. Yeah. That they cover lots and lots of skills. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I think one big takeaway from sharing this birth support team is that, um, just as we are all different and we are all biochemically different, we're all, you know, personally different your birth support team will be different. You know, it doesn't have, it's not a one size fits all um, type of thing. And so I think that big thing is being okay with that. 
and really being okay with asking the questions, you know, ask for the help if you need it, Mm -hmm. do the searching, do the research, you know, put in the time um, and just chip away at it. So you don't have to, you know, sit down and get overwhelmed with it. I think that's one thing I would not want any mom to leave um, this conversation with as, as far as, you know, well, now I'm overwhelmed. I'm not going to do anything. Like we can no. go either way. So it's like, what's yeah. one little thing you can do? Reach out to one, you know, provider, ask one question over here and um, enough to where you start to feel comfortable and confident in who you have surrounding mm-hmm. you for your birth. I completely agree. And I think something cool too, about some of the, the birth t- support team members that we talked about, like doula, chiropractor and childbirth educator, that just being in touch with one of them outside of your like OB, right outside of the hospital or your, your, your care provider is that those types of birth support members typically can lead you and point you. So to address your, like your point about being overwhelmed or knowing where to start is if you can just like start with one and just start exploring there, that it can kind of organically grow from there without you being like, oh, there's too many choices, too many things for me to consider. I'm not going to do anything. Just start with one, one that resonates with you the most. Maybe you're like, oh, chiropractor, that's, I'm going to start there. If you just start there, because like you, for example, Shannon, you, you talk about doula support, you talk about childbirth education, you talk about pelvic floor therapists and breastfeeding support and postpartum support. Like, so just by choosing you, choosing a chiropractor, they are then being exposed to those, the rest of that birth. It can lead you to those other outlets Mm -hmm. and avenues. That is, yeah, that is so, so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So not to get overwhelmed, just choose one, like you said, and start there and, and work with what you got where you're at and make the best, you know, our goal is that, you know, available options that you're familiar with the terms and types and, and benefits and in hopes that even just one little tip leads you in a direction of, of, positivity and growth and health and happiness. I know. And lucky for all of those who are listening, because we have um, our own, I know I have a blog written about your birth support team. And Mm -hmm. so I just cover, you know, just a few of them. Um, And then like, I even have all of those resources in the office too. I know you know that, but, um, and you've got things on your website, correct? Mm -hmm. About birth support team. Yeah. I, part of my, I have, I offer a first trimester guide. It's like a 35 page guide for newly pregnant uh, mamas. And in, in that I go over an in-depth section on building your birth support team, as well as a lot of other, you know, tackling that first doctor's appointment or, you know, handling nausea and, and morning sickness and, you know, all the things it's, it's all great things, yeah. get you through like the first 14 weeks, but a big section on birth support team, because I think um, as we've shared here, there's a lot of goodness in that and a lot to learn um, from, from building a, a solid supportive respective birth team. So yeah, we will share those two um, things, your blog and my guide in the show notes for those who are interested in learning more. That is right. Um, Hopefully you have learned some things today about building your birth support team and uh, be sure to join us next time for our next podcast. Looking forward to it, Shannon. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to the Aligned Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, screenshot it and tag us on Instagram at aligned underscore birth or leave a rating and review. If you don't want to miss our newest episodes, be sure to tap the subscribe button. Your support is greatly appreciated. As always, we strive to bring you lots of information because knowledge is power and applied knowledge is empowerment. Thanks again for being here and see you next week.